0: Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center, this is CM Alexander with the news. The new novel uncovering first-hand accounts of survivors of Reverend Sunlight Gardner's Home for Wayward Boys has come under fire, stating that the horrors mentioned must be exaggerated. Decide for yourself and let us know what you think about the novel Werewolf in Sunlight. You're listening to Dairy Public Radio. <laughs> This is Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King Book Club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, C.M. Alexander, alongside Joshua Khan. Hey, everybody. And Benjamin Graham.
1: Hey, constant readers.
0: And today we are back with The Talisman. We are covering, through part three... This was a Patreon pick from Edward Serbone. And Josh is leading us through our discussion. So, major spoilers ahead.
2: Oh, man. All right. Let's see. How do you recap a story this massive? Uh, Jack Sawyer is on a journey to reclaim the talisman, to save his mother and the queen of another world. And he makes every wrong decision. Good. All right. (laughs) Good. Is that a good summary? (laughs) uh he's been through a massive amount of shit and has uh just recently found himself in the company of a giant werewolf and that's where we left off with him last time sadly we don't get to start off this section with more of that we have to spend more time with fucking morgan slopes this is one of uh my (laughs) my favorite things about the territories though is that morgan's talking about how he has This key that he got from a toy mechanical soldier that he saw in a shitty store one day.
0: Yeah, he was drawn to it for some reason. Not the soldier, the key.
2: Yeah, and he takes the key out, and when he flips into the territories, it becomes a lightning rod, and it's just so badass.
1: (laughs) It's a very, very cool fantasy weapon, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the wild unpredictableness of it is makes it even more dangerous because we find out that the reason Jerry Bledsoe died was not some, like, big grand scheme or anything like I kind of was predicting. Yeah. It wasn't, like, a horrible backfire from some huge event on the other side. It was... Morgan dropped this key and he thinks that Jerry Bledsoe might have stepped on it or yeah, something.
0: That's fucking insane. And it blew him up. Also, I'm going to kind of pull a Ben. Why are people dropping important things? <laughs> if you had something that did that, would you ever drop it? I mean, technically, I drop my phone about once a day, but I pick it up immediately.
1: Maybe it's just uh, a part of the world that the talisman takes place in that's why speedy had to be Tell so not specific to not to drop the talisman <laughs> yeah because uh, people are just constantly dropping shit
0: all the time items it's a very it's a <laughs> weird
1: societal norm in the territories
0: nobody sets
1: anything down
2: well maybe
0: that's why they're so elusive because the they're the mystical power that they hold causes you to want to drop them and leave them there
1: <laughs> i love the idea of a high fantasy novel that takes place, but just one of the, the the aspects of magic is everyone is klutzy all the time.
2: <laughs> now we're back with Jack and Wolf, and he's getting to know Wolf a little bit. Uh, also, we learned that it's Wolf's, never Wolves. It's
3: very I, important.
0: I love that <laughs> when Jack says it that way, Wolf laughs hysterically yeah. at him like he's such an idiot. Not in a mean way, yeah.
3: but...
2: And, uh, uh, wolves are in charge of keeping the queen's herd.
0: Yeah, they're bodyguards, mm-hmm. guardsmen. They they have important positions. They're good people.
2: And we learned that the uh, overalls that he wears are a gift from Phil, which means that uh, there's a, an even stronger connection than just knowing his dad. They were close enough
1: that his dad gave him a gift. And that's mm-hmm. kind of cute. Yeah, a bunch of pairs of overalls <laughs> that he now uses as a pillow. That is so <laughs> cute. I love it so much. Uh, suddenly
2: what sounds like a sheet tearing happens and we see Morgan cross from one world to the other.
0: It is so cool to finally get this. Like Jack sees it because we only ever cross with him. Mm. And it, it answers a question we had. We were totally wrong about what happens. Like, do you come into the world? Do you inhabit the body of your twinner? Because when he, he, He hears and experiences this thing happening, Morgan steps through, and it's Morgan, but it's not, and he looks different.
1: Yeah, he, like, transforms into this guy who we then learn is Oris, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Which um, completely contradicts what we learn later in the book. (laughs) To be fair, he says they happened to be in the same place this time. (laughs) Do they mention that this particular time? Because it it literally sounds as though... Because if he was stepping... If they had been in the same place, they wouldn't have watched a whole open up in... They would have watched Oris walk up and be (laughs) like... Hey! Uh, yes i'm i'm, oh, I'm sl- is that how it happens, sl- now ben? yeah because they say I that i mean when that. a twitter Ooh. gets taken over it's like a possession so they yes. go no i'm here now That's,
0: i've seen a lot of possession movies and that is correct yeah
2: <laughs> yeah that is they try to justify it but yeah that description is way more violent than it's ever Yeah, It's described. very
1: cool, yeah. uh, this scene because it he says that there's a hole being ripped in the air like an a wound, it, which is very scary.
0: Yeah. And he it seems so violent and horrible that he he's like, God, is that what I do when I cross over?
2: Right. So Morgan Avora starts launching lightning bolts into the herd. But we see, man, we get just a real glimpse of who Wolf is because he leaps into action to take care of the herd and protect the herd. They end up nearly drowning him, but Jack manages to get to him and realizes, I I don't have a choice. I have to flip and I have to bring this six and a half foot tall monster man with me. And so he drinks the very last of his juice and flips over with Wolf.
0: I did kind of wonder... I think he's right. But part of me was like, would would Wolf have died? Would, the, would he have just killed him and then chased after Jack? Or would he have just chased after Jack?
1: I assume he would have, like Wolf probably would have ended up fighting because his mm-hmm. herd was hurt. And yeah. his whole job is to protect the herd at any cost. And then Morgan would have just, just killed him outright. Up,
2: yeah. What did you think of Wolf's initial reaction to the American territories?
0: It, okay. In my other life, one of my passions is environmental justice. So I was very on his side and like touched <laughs> and could sympathize. Not not to that degree, but Wolf's senses are assaulted by the pollution, basically, of our world. Everything, you know, he has a heightened sense of smell. Everything is terrifying and smells horrible. And yes, Jack is a 12-year-old boy. And we find out he's very, he gets very sick soon after they come back into the American territories as he calls them. but you never get him just trying to explain to wolf like, hey, this is what you can expect from this world. He really pulls a speedy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's how he learned it.
0: I I guess.
1: yeah, it's it sucks from here on out like I think we uh, mentioned last episode that oh, it's crazy that we we're a third of the way through the book and we just get to meet this incredibly important character and then they get to have a picnic, and then the rest of our time with Wolf is terrible.
2: When Jack, he Wolf ends up costing them several rides because the smells are too strong. He can't get in the cab of a he car. He can smell
0: death on people. Yeah. That's how that's how he's being assaulted with yes. what's happening in our world.
2: And he, at one point, uh, kind of growls at someone who drives off, and Jack loses it he's sobbing and he just starts smacking wolf and poor wolf is howling not because it hurts just because he's sad and he thinks that jack's gonna just leave him
0: and jack considers it would be easier if i just left him there was it was a hard scene it was a very it was a very real moment of someone being at their breaking point and then (laughs) behaving in a way that is not characteristic of who they are and hurting the people around them who don't deserve it I hated reading it. (laughs) Yeah,
2: And for Wolf to have to say, you brought me here, Mm -hmm. please don't leave me. It's tough, Uh, because he's he's so sweet.
0: He's so good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Jack does though come around, he did bring Wolf here, it is his responsibility. But he also still doesn't have any good ideas, like he tries taking Wolf to a movie, not realizing that maybe the sound would be too much.
1: Okay, not just a movie. He takes him to a double feature <laughs> of fucking Ralph Bakshi movies. Have you ever watched a Ralph Bakshi movie? I don't think so. They are an intense watch, usually. <laughs> uh, yeah, because they go to Wizards and the uh, Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings, which is a lot. I just, not how I expected the scene to go, that...
2: They get in, the, the the second sound starts, Wolf's just like, nope, can't do it, sorry, Jack. Wonder, we gotta get out of here.
0: <laughs> I like how it keeps describing, this is one of the first descriptions of it, but later on we get it to how, how Jack will never understand how brave Wolf mm-hmm. was in that moment and is in other moments, mm-hmm. trying to keep it together for yeah. him.
2: Uh, we also find out that Wolf has seemingly limitless energy and <laughs> really thinks the phrase piggyback is hilarious because they call it horsey pack in the territories. <laughs> but he just picks up Jack and runs off with him. When Jack is feeling sick, even, he sleeps in his arms, and Wolf just keeps walking with him. Like, that's the... He's the best. Damn it, Wolf is the best. <laughs> now, there's a very important event that's about to happen soon. Uh, and it's not just that it's Halloween, but it's going to be a full moon, guys. I don't know if you guys know this, but Wolf people don't do well in full moons. <laughs> What did you guys think about this story taking a weird turn into a full werewolf story for like a few chapters?
0: I fucking loved it. I could have done with more of that. And I think Mm -hmm. for me, like the really cool moment was when Jack realizes, okay, he's going to turn. He's kind of changing slowly already. I'm going to have to lock him up. And Wolf agrees to that. So he goes to buy a padlock, comes back and he can't find him at first. And then he's he's like often in, in like the tree line or something, and Jack approaches him, and it is such a spooky, menacing mm. scene. He says,
2: "I sat here to see you coming," it, and I was like, <laughs> "What the fuck, Wolf?"
0: It reminds oh me God. of the movie Wolf with Jack Nicholson and uh, oh, the guy and Michelle Pfeiffer. Except I'm... it's that's more of like a kind of sexual thing. It's a sexy movie, guys, <laughs> but just that that menacing sort of. Still, you still have the wherewithal to be aware of what you're doing, but it's like, no, this is good. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That, like, it's gone far enough that now it's starting to feel good. You're embracing it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah. That moment when they find the shed. And Jack is like, okay, it's time for you to get in the... And Wolf is like, nah, Jack, you don't understand. (laughs) I'll go in the box. You go in the box. That's genius. I
0: I had a moment where I thought it was a trick. I was like, how's he going to get out of this? (laughs) Because I I was worried he was going to kill people. And I thought killing people was what damned him. It's not. It's specifically the herd. That might include Mm. people. Some people might not all uh, this was a flashback, though, to Jack packing his book bag to leave on this journey and also not taking a bus. Doesn't go in there with any provisions. No water, nothing.
2: Well, he wasn't expecting to go in at all, to be fair.
0: I, take five minutes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I got to run back to town real quick because they do sit there and hold hands for a while. Probably would have been enough time to go back to town and get like some jerky or something.
0: Yeah. A water bottle. (laughs) But I just
2: thought it was hilarious. It's such a simple thing of like, yeah, why Wolf could 100% break out of a shed when he's transformed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And why would
2: you break in and hurt Jack when there's so many, quote, good smells around?
0: Oh, yeah. The smells have become good now, too. Which, given how strongly he reacted to them initially, this... It made him now like this place actually smells good seem mm. terrifying. <laughs> yes. I-,
1: I loved the the little bit we got of Wolf Wolf. Yeah, because he's reduced to like you know such an animalistic form that he he seems so different mm-hmm. because good natured human Wolf is is so different from this like. M- you what, know,
0: calculating.
1: Yeah, yeah, the way a, a wild wolf will yeah. be because he he talks about you know he knows well enough to stay away from guns and danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, that
0: made me feel really good when there's a moment you think he's going to be in trouble, but he's like, "Nope, I know better." And you're like, "Oh, thank God!" Don't hurt Wolf. <laughs> Oops. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's a just kind of a, a dropped line about him approaching a farm and not going on it because he can tell it's hallowed territory. Did anything, did that give you guys any weird thoughts? I
0: wasn't sure quite what that meant. I didn't know if it, you know, cause in some of these small areas, there's like a, a small cemetery plot on the property. So I didn't know if it, if it was a burial ground and maybe you, he, out of respect, you don't hunt or kill on a burial ground. I'm not sure. I'm sure our listeners, our very smart listeners know and will tell us.
1: It also might be just a deeply ingrained instinct because wolves in the territories have this happen and they live out in the outskirts where I assume there would be farms. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just know, oh, if there are farms, we don't go to the farms to kill.
0: And we know that spots are connected between the two worlds. So yeah. he might sense that you know sacred area even if it's not such an ours
2: meanwhile jack has to live in time purgatory for three days because that's how long the phase of the full moons are lasting so he's just chilling for three days inside this
1: (laughs) tiny shed could either of you even pretend to be able to do this not in a million years
0: Uh, i yeah i would be fine because i would have brought water jerky (laughs) and a flashlight into book
1: (laughs) oh the flashlight that is smart because, yeah, he says, like, he can't, there's some stuff to read, but it's so dark that he mm-hmm. just can't.
0: It's a shed, yeah, there's yeah. no light. So
1: he starts, like, just counting the paces around the, for three days? Yeah. yeah. For three, if my internet goes out for an hour, <laughs> I want to
2: kill myself. <laughs> when Hulu buffers, yeah, it's, my, it's, I, I get it's so It's, like, in
0: nice yeah. my skin. Yeah. <laughs> I did like, though, that one of them is thinking about Jack's well-being during this time. And Jack often wakes up to uh, bits of animal shoved under the door.
1: It's adorable.
2: <laughs> it
0: is adorable and gross. Yeah, he thinks of it <laughs>
1: like a, a pet dog or cat that brings you dead
0: yeah, mice. like, you can't hunt, idiot. Here you go.
2: <laughs>
1: After the three days
2: pass, a Wolf unlocks the shed and lets Jack out.
1: Which I found really unnerving, just the suddenness, because he just shows up and he's like, "Okay, give me the key." <laughs>
0: and Jack, Jack trusts him, yeah, though, just, just implicitly. So, yeah.
2: They get out to the road and they go get uh, Burger King, which is great. <laughs> uh, Wolf eats the entire cardboard box with the that, burger inside. That Fantastic. reminds me
0: of those memes where it's usually a drunk guy is eating. Just the styrofoam and everything in the sandwich (laughs) at two in the morning. (laughs)
2: We've all had those nights. It's fun. But they can get a ride with this guy they meet because he has a pickup truck and Wolf can ride in the back.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) That's not going to play on the the, podcast. (laughs) Something that could have been arranged at the start. What do you mean? Jack knows he doesn't like smells. Flag down a truck and put him in the bag.
2: (laughs) Maybe no pickup trucks pulled over for him.
0: Yeah, there are no pickup trucks driving through middle America. (laughs) Not that are going to
2: pick up two hitchhikers.
0: Continue to excuse it.
2: (laughs) Turns out this guy grows weed. And And he's super cool. He's the best person that Jack's ever ridden with. Because he's just chill and then he gives Jack a joint. He
1: has no ulterior motives.
2: (laughs) He just gives Jack a, a joint and sends him on his way.
0: Uh, I just, did Jack know what a joint was?
2: No. By yeah. the way he described it and what I he don't does with he... it
0: later, I'm like, oh, you're, you're not helping yourself. Well, he's got to know. Actually, he has to know
2: something because he decides to get rid of it. Uh,
0: he knows it's drugs, but I don't think he understands what they're. <laughs>
2: That's fair. Are. They, so they get out of this ride, and Jack's feeling really positive. They're in Illinois. And they're going to make it to Springfield because that's where Richard is. Mm -hmm. He's uh, going to school at Thayer. And that's that's the next destination. Mm. And he says, he's like, now we know we can do pickups. This is going to be amazing. We'll be there in no time. And then they get stopped by a cop who is a giant asshole and clubs wolf over the head.
0: This was giving me hard desperation, like PTSD vibes Mm. with the cop and just the they once again the really frustrating part of this book is that Jack has no autonomy and now Jack and wolf have no control over their situation and from this moment on it's just pure torture and agony
2: mm-hmm. yeah uh th- it's finishing what we had talked about Jack eats the joint oh, to, yeah. <laughs> to try to hide it when they're in the police car they're taken to see uh, a judge who Jack immediately knows is not going to give them any sort of leeway or mm-hmm. anything
0: and it's Jack can't really make up a good story on the spot for this cop and for the judge because Wolf is not going to go along with a lie because he just won't know any better. He's just going to be Wolf.
1: Yeah, he starts saying, my name is uh, this and this person's name is, and the cop stops him and is like, no, I want him to tell me. Mm -hmm. I want Wolf to tell me. And obviously Wolf can't come up with a lie. Yeah, his name is Phil, but we call him Jack because
2: he likes me and I'm Jack.
0: Philip Jack Wolf, (laughs) which is a cool name, isn't it?
2: So this interaction goes as well as you'd expect. And they are taken to the Sunlight Gardener Scripture Home for Wayward Boys. Would anyone like to take a stab at explaining what this place is?
1: (laughs) It is a uh, prison. It is a corrupt system where, I don't know if this is said outright, but the guy that got gave them the joint is definitely part of it, right? I oh, assume he that was up. part of it because he gives them the joint, puts it in his pocket, and then when they are in the courtroom, they search him they're like, oh, they're not holding because he they expected to find the joint that was given oh, to them. Oh, shit. I, I just assume because I've read that this is like a thing that has happened, <laughs> that there are judges that will get paid by like... Boys' homes, or whatever, to feel like just dump as many kids into the system as possible.
0: Ben, why are you making this darker? Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> No, I thought it was just they assumed they were they had drugs. Oh, that's, most that's boys well, because
2: Jack's high as balls. <laughs> well, at yeah. that
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it is, it is basically this like
0: pseudo
1: religious. Boys Detention it's
0: Center. It's a cult.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, run by this guy. Wh- what's his fucking name? Reverend something, Sunlight Gardener.
0: Sunlight Gardener.
3: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> and it's crappy immediately, too, because some of the boys have, they've drank the Kool-Aid. Mm.
2: So when they meet Sunlight Gardener, he takes them in. Uh, Jack notices that something is familiar about him. And like Sam said, he recognizes the... The twinnerness ness of mm-hmm. him that he is the twinner of Osmond. And Gardner keeps saying he recognizes Jack mm-hmm. and is saying, like, where do I know you from? And Jack's playing dumb because he's thinking maybe he just has that. It's that weird connection. He doesn't know that he's seen me, but his twinner has. So he, there's this feeling.
0: Yeah, he doesn't know if he knows he's a twinner and knows yeah. about the territories.
2: They have to turn over all of their possessions and they are taken to basically processing mm-hmm. to get uh, clothes, work clothes. They are taken upstairs to a place that looks like jail cells, basically that are their "quote unquote" dormitories.
0: And they're they have to stay there for thirty days, and then they can stay on if they want and get outside privileges. And they also get paid.
2: Yeah, like what was like a dollar a day or but, something. Yeah, they crazy. can yeah. make up to like. A dollar fifty
0: day. or something. Oh, uh, up to
2: thirty cents an hour. Oh, yeah. So because it's they factor in. It's just like Oatly. Room and board. It is factoring in all of the costs of you being here, and then you get what's left over. Yeah. So they're once they're alone, uh, Jack, his suspicions are confirmed because Wolf. is like I smell Osmond. Mm-hmm. That is definitely Osmond.
0: And he also notices that there's a camera in their room. Yeah, they're being monitored.
2: Wonderful. <laughs> So they have to watch what they say, even when they're in private. They stay in confinement until it's time for confession. Would either of you like to uh, describe Jack's first confession experience?
1: It is they are all gathered in this room that is there. There are cameras on the pulpit. It is very obviously like a studio of some sort, but they're they're recording this sermon of the the reverend demanding the boys give confession because all boys are bad. It's axiomatic.
0: Super gross. It's
1: really gross. And basically, he just berates these boys into humiliating themselves.
0: And the reason I referenced it as being culty earlier is because, this is not the boys' fault, this is no. done to them, but some of them are described as being eager to confess. And Jack speculates that, some of them would make something up if they didn't have anything to confess, just to be part of this experience and community and 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 get his approval, I guess.
2: Jack, yeah, that's, that's probably the most disturbing part, I think, is yeah. knowing that some of them just want that attention so badly, mm-hmm. that validation. So Jack makes it through that. But before dinner, he's jumped by what I'm referring to as the Sunlight Sisters, because <laughs> it's essentially what they are. They are... This group of, like, five or six of the older boys that are all Gardner's lieutenants yeah. and will do whatever needs to be done so that Gardner can keep his hands clean.
1: Did not learn a single one of these characters' names. I just refused to.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's also why I just, I, all my notes say the sister's. Because that's just who they were. Uh, am I wrong? Am I the only one that? Seems- I,
1: I don't know what you're
2: referencing. Oh, um, Shawshank Redemption, the sisters. Oh, shit.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Yes. Yeah. Right. I also could not keep track of their names because this section is so hard to read that you just want to only read what you have to know and move on from it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, one of them is named Sunny. Yeah. And there's a confusing. sunlight. And-
0: yeah. I got confused about that a few times, too.
1: Yeah, like, Sunlight's right-hand man is a kid named Sonny. It's like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Come up with one more name. After
2: dinner, they uh, have another session in this studio where now they're filming the show that goes out to people all over the state. Like, people from all over donate money to Mm -hmm. Sunlight Gardener. They believe in his message.
3: Yeah, he's
1: a fucking televangelist.
2: Mm -hmm. And it's... It's it is it's very cultish the the amount of fear mongering the he gives a rant about how people who don't believe in God are trying to ruin them by sending state inspectors and the state inspectors never find anything they said we're putting boys in straight jackets. not a single straight jacket was found
0: because we hid them <laughs> <laughs> there's
2: there's no locked box that you keep a child in. That's insanity. That's for hay. That's for only hay (laughs) and hay accessories.
0: Hay accessories.
2: (laughs) And Jack is just the whole time really, really overwhelmed by how much everybody's buying into it. But he starts to see maybe one or two other people Mm -hmm. who aren't all in on this. And that gives him his first moment of reprieve in here that
1: him and Wolf are not fully alone.
0: They are here for 30 days, by the way, which...
1: Is so long. My God. At, at the point where... It, it gets to a point where it just, like, starts saying, a week passed. And you're like, oh, no.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And after that happens, like, a couple times, you're like, oh, my God. How long is they this going to go now. on? Yeah. Because yeah. Well, he
2: thinks about flipping, because that might be the only way to escape, but something in his gut says... I have to get off this property before I do it, or else. Yeah what's it's what's terrible. on the other
0: side? Yeah. if this is like this here, is it worse in the territories? Mm. And
1: which,
2: yes,
0: actually, <laughs> you know, I'm, I've given Jack a lot of shit for not thinking things through. That wouldn't have occurred to me. So good, good job, Jack.
2: Uh, so he has a one plan, which is to just bolt for the property line, and just before he can do it, my favorite named character in any book ever, Ferd Janklow. <laughs> makes a break for it and tries to get out and he certainly doesn't.
0: No, he what is really tragic about this because he you know that he's not okay. Mm-hmm. But later when the Reverend comes back and he's like, Oh good news. Ferd saw the light and he told his parents he wanted to be a a sunbeam for Jesus or something. Mm-hmm. And now everything's all great. Jack's like, oh, he's probably buried out back somewhere.
2: Because Ferd is the person who confirmed there are straight jackets. They mm-hmm. hid them when they, he has he must have an inside track because he knows when they're coming. Because we spend the whole week prior cleaning, hiding the straight mm-hmm. jack, jackets, putting hay in the box because Ferd has been in the box before.
0: And he's this part killed me. Also, why I just so culty vibes. He writes home to his parents Mm. and tells them what's happening and what they're doing to him and the other boys. And his parents, who don't not love him, but also don't understand and are not listening to him, shame on them, copy it and send it back to the reverend.
1: No, it has such strong, like, fucking conversion therapy camp vibes. Mm. It sucks. It is monstrous, this place. I
2: would like to talk about my second favorite scene that takes place in this chapter in this whole section and that involves Heck Bast, another wonderfully named character <laughs> who is one of the sunlight sisters who is trying to goad Wolf into a fight because he's oh. he's the big oh. bad boy yeah. and he roundhouse punches Wolf in the face and everyone's gathering freaking out about it. Wolf is very surprisingly calm about being punched Mm -hmm. in the face. He takes another swing, Wolf catches his hand, and just crushes it in his hand. And he
0: doesn't crush it quickly, he just very calmly (laughs) and slowly over the course of what felt like five Uh minutes, just crushes it until it is ruined. Yeah,
1: Yeah, you describe the sound of the grinding of the bones in his hand. It's brutal. And the whole time, Wolf is just like, you don't fuck with the herd. <laughs> fuck
3: you.
2: It was I knew it was bad with all the crunching sounds, but when Jack says he just sees blood pooling oh. out, of, oh. out of the hand, like holy shit, man. I uh, can't imagine uh, what that it's mangled. That hand that hand is ruined forever. And And
0: it's... good on him. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but they it's too many people. All of the the sisters and Gardner get on him and they put a hypodermic needle in him and lock him in the box, which goes about as well as you would think, putting someone like Wolf in a box.
0: And he tells Jack that Wolf will come out of the box as soon as Jack tells him how they know each other. And Jack wants to because he can hear Wolf just screaming and howling nonstop this whole time. And he has to walk past the box and he wants to tell, he wants to help his friend but he just keeps thinking about his mom. He's like, I can't. I can't do it.
2: It's also that he can hear Wolf no matter where he is mm-hmm. because they have that connection. So it is constant
1: screaming. And oh, I- my God. I literally I took that literally. That just Wolf is having such a massive panic attack that no matter where you are on the grounds, mm-hmm. everyone hears oh, I, I just thought it all was the, the time. time. I, did,
0: I did, too, because the reason they let him out. Isn't because Jack gives up the goods. It's because the Reverend's like, okay, somebody's going to hear him, and we're going to have to deal with an inspection or police coming.
2: Oh, I. We should also mention because we haven't described the box. Just that they say it's used to hold hay. It's a big. It's a black metal box that is. I believe they say it is four feet high and six foot long, and Wolf is six five. Mm. So he is crammed in that box, and it's there's steel hinges on it, so that no matter what, he can't. That makes do me
0: feel like I can't breathe right now. <laughs> yes, right here and now, I can't breathe.
2: <laughs> uh, and because Wolf's going through all this stress, once they let him out, Jack can see that he's changing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Even though there's no full moon for quite some time now,
0: and we, we learn that that happens to wolves in the territories if they're under extreme duress, they will change in response to that. Moon
1: or no, it's actually something that I had thought the the second they got locked up, I was like, "Oh, they're gonna have a problem in a month." And <laughs> then it's been a week or so, and it's already happening. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it, it puts such a huge ticking clock on this whole section. It's yeah, stressful.
0: And after. Having already changed so quickly, it tells us, even though the horrible descriptions of everything they go through tells us this, but it tells us just how much worse it is than we could even imagine. Mm-hmm.
2: I believe we jump like either a one or two more weeks mm-hmm. now and they're going through the motions. Jack is still not given up looking for a place to escape. Right now he's thinking the kitchen is the right move because there's no bars on the window and Rudolph the cook is uh, corrupt. And so he's he thinks that's their their best bet. But uh, sunlight Gardner has made it open season on Jack, and they drag him out of bed at four a.m., take him down to Gardner's office, and they beat him and threaten to burn him, and want to know how he knows him, where they've and met before. This
0: is after a period of hazing, too, right? Where they they the boys pee on their mattresses yeah. and just put mm. them through hell. And they're like, don't tell the reverend what he wants to know because then we won't be able to do this anymore and we enjoy this. Yeah. It's disgusting. Fucking
2: monsters. Every single Ugh. one of them.
0: This torture scene, though. It- uh.
2: I didn't. I wasn't prepared for how worse, how much worse it gets. Mm-hmm. That first yeah. one is just smacking him around and threatening.
0: See, the minute you're like, "CM, I'm going to cause you physical pain," and be like, "What would you like to know?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have no threshold. I, nope. I will I admit don't. to anything.
0: Yeah. All you have to do is th- vaguely threaten me that it's coming.
2: Now, uh, I bring up Rudolph because Rudolph is about to give us a very important piece of information. Rudolph says that he jack tries to buy him off and say how much would it cost for you to let me and my buddy run out of here and he's like there's no price in the world because sunlight gardener is a devil from hell and he tells a story about wanting to get paid and he followed sunlight to his office and when he walked into the office he wasn't there so now jack knows that It's not just the twinner connection, but they have fully bridged that connection to travel. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's not good for anybody involved.
0: We also get another, uh, we get clarity on something. Maybe you guys had already figured this out. I had not. We glossed over the way adults respond to Jack sexually, Mm -hmm. because it's just gross and we don't want to talk about that. In this moment, he turns on this, power like he is aware of that he feels like he has you know like a charm Mm -hmm. sort of it's described as him like allowing his beauty to come through and i just thought that was really fascinating because i was like oh and then there's something a little bit later i'm like okay there there's something about jack beyond it's not just in the book it's not just men being creepy on the road it's something special about him that they're Responding to, which it's does so not excuse it, gross. not excuse it. But I didn't realize it. It was a kind yeah. of a supernatural or mystical thing.
2: Yeah, and it's causing some of the other boys to. He is surprised that he's not getting the shit kicked out of him, and it's partially because he starts to notice that other people notice he is different, mm-hmm. and he leans into that because it keeps him a little bit safe. Yeah. So night after night, if they're taking Jack and they're trying to get this information out of him. And sunlight does the thing that I was waiting for him to do. And that was saying, fine, don't talk, but tomorrow we're taking Wolf and we're going to do all this to him. Mm. And if we've learned anything, it's that Wolf, Wolf can't lie anyway.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm. And
2: so it would just be brutal.
0: Yeah. Just be pointless torture.
2: Yeah. So the next day, Jack has decided, well, then we can't be here. If you're going to take Wolf, we have to get out today. They make a plan to meet in the bathroom, and they're going to get into a stall and flip. And he told Wolf, go inside, get in the first stall. I'll meet you there, and we'll go. But when he gets in there, Wolf's not there. He's like three stalls down. I, I love this. It's yes. Fucking good.
1: Because, yeah, he's like annoyed at first that that Wolf is couldn't follow directions, so he he gets in the stall with Wolf. He's like, "Fine, whatever." And they flip, and the place that they're at is this enormous pit in the ground.
0: That's what you mentioned last episode. Yes, yeah.
1: uh, the, this giant pit with like fire deep, deep down in the. And Jack notices that they are so close to the edge of this pit. And if Wolf had followed directions and gotten in the first stall when they flipped, they would have just fallen.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's really cool. It's so it, awesome. it makes me think: like, <laughs> does Wolf have like just a deep connection to the he's territory? of the territory? So maybe so he yeah, he has sensed a better. It?
0: Yeah, I think so. It in this we see Jack right before they flip. Like he does it without the juice, so he's realized he has it in him and oh, when they were on the road, he had, he had a really bad fever and Wolf gathered some herbs and stuff and gave Jack something to drink and he felt like he was going dim. He, he thought he was going to flip mm-hmm. so much that he grabbed Wolf. He's like, hang <laughs> on to me. And so this is when he figures out how to flip without relying on something else. I love, though, that when he sees these creatures torturing, like whipping these... Men or, you know, whoever, Mm -hmm. I can't remember if it's supposed to be like the boys.
2: Yeah, it's uh, all they we see is that there are several men who are stripped naked, but but the collars on them that they're they're chained to in labor and And they're mining these green rocks while being whipped by these gargoyles. And
0: Jack's like, oh, is this where gargoyles came from? Did someone like. Who could flip, see this, and then come back and like? That's why we have gargoyles, which I thought was awesome.
3: That's so fucking gargoyles cool. Are
0: rad. <laughs> <laughs> These ones aren't though. They suck.
2: no, uh, and he notices that they have strong similarities to the boys from Sunlight. To the sisters. Yeah, to the sisters. <laughs> and we see a horrifying moment where a prisoner is being whipped, can't pull himself back up falls to the ground, and a minecart runs over him, and from mm. the distance they are in, they can hear his spine snap, and the head God. turns, and it's Fur janglo.
0: Yep.
2: That was awful.
1: And also doesn't make any sense. No. So he can travel, they, they w- sent him... To the territories, but wouldn't he just be in his twinner body? But it is him. Oh, I just assumed so. that was
0: his twinner yeah, dying after he a, died. Yeah,
1: because uh, they,
2: it's only a few days had yeah. passed. So,
1: oh, because I, I was like, oh wait, did they? Is this like they take the boys that try to run away mm-hmm. and they take them to the territories to be slaves? I guess. But no, that makes way more sense. <laughs> it
0: is it is a really cool analog, though, for what they are experiencing in mm-hmm. the Sunlight home. It's, like that's ba- it's basically that.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, they flip back, and now there are two more stalls down when they flip back. And then there's an epic fight in the bathroom. Would either of you like to take the fight in the bathroom?
0: We can take it in the bathroom right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go! Yeah, they barge in and accuse them of having their wieners out. And later, one kid's like, Wolf's was so big. (laughs) You didn't even see it, how big it is. And they have this knockdown, drag out fight. Did I imagine this? (laughs) Or did it really happen? Did Wolf like rip a sink off the wall and hit the other guy with it?
2: No, he he grabbed the guy and threw him into the sink.
0: Oh, that's still cool. <laughs> that is still cool.
1: Uh, maybe you're conflating it with the time later when Wolf rips a guy's arm off. Fuck yeah. <laughs> maybe. But that's getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah.
0: They they fight back really hard and they're not doing too bad. And unfortunately for them, Reverend comes in with his medical bag. Yeah.
2: And they they get hypoed and Jack wakes up. In one of the straitjackets we heard about.
0: Down in the Reverend's office.
2: He's in the straitjacket and Wolf's back in the box. Oh, this is where I made the note. The box is six feet long and three Mm -hmm. feet high. Oh, Oh, that's much worse. Yeah. Uh, Jack comes to and one of the kids is like, he's waking up. And Gardner's like, there's no fucking way. I gave him enough to keep him down for like a week. (laughs) Uh, But so Jack uses that to his advantage and he just listens and he can hear... Wolf howling even from this distance
1: and then then Wolf goes quiet. And that's,
2: that's scarier. A
3: bad <laughs> <sign>. <laughs> yeah.
1: It, immediately everyone on campus is just like super on edge
0: because mm-hmm. he's been
1: howling for so long.
0: Yeah, it ruins their confession. <laughs> <laughs> Boo-hoo.
2: <laughs> Jack overhears that Sloat is on his way, that he's been Osmond, well, Sunlight has called. Morgan and hasn't he hasn't yeah
0: this is where we find out that he's trying to figure out who Jack is because he does absolutely work for Morgan probably not a surprise but he wanted to make sure that he had the right kid before he ever called him
2: right Jack sees his safe that has the envelopes of money not just the ones that kids have collected and the pay that they're quote unquote getting but also the donations that are coming in. He sees all the possessions of all the kids, so mm-hmm. he knows his stuff is in that safe. And that's when Gardner notices that he's awake and calls him Jack Sawyer. Yeah. And so now we know there's over. nowhere to hide. Mm-hmm. We we have that reveal. And elsewhere, Wolf has gone with the moon. The fir- Do you guys remember the first time you read this book? What you thought was going to happen here?
1: Uh, apparently I blocked out. Uh, most of the book from here on Oh, out, really? Because I did not remember the <laughs> outcome of all of this and everything from this point on, I don't remember it all.
0: I also did not remember this. It is such a big book and I read it so long ago <laughs> that my memory of it was just vague. Like, oh yeah, he has to travel to yeah. get this thing to save his mom and he flips back and forth. And that was about it. Mm.
2: There is a particular line Of dialogue that when we get to that part i'm gonna read it because i didn't realize that it was burned in my brain until i read it and i was like oh that sentence has just existed in my head for a long time so rudolph beats bricks when he hears the pounding on the box and the box is starting to give so he's the smartest person and wolf bursts out of the box Gardner is downstairs interrogating Jack, asking him about Speedy, really wants all this information about mm-hmm. Speedy, which also made me think maybe that's also why Speedy didn't give him a lot of information, because mm. Gardner's very intent on what did Speedy tell you. So I wonder if there's something, maybe we'll find out later. Yeah, if, the if, if he doesn't purpose. tell him
1: stuff, then he can't tell it to other
2: people. Right. Yeah. When he doesn't answer they finally use the lighter and they burn the webbings between uh, his fingers.
0: Fuck you. Awful.
1: <laughs> there, There's nothing, no, there's one thing worse. Uh, everybody should go see the movie Everything Everywhere all the time. Um, it's incredible, but there is a scene where a character has to give himself paper cuts between all of his
3: fingers. Oh, oh man, no. no. Yeah.
1: But in a funny way.
3: <laughs> no. Oh, good. It's
1: a
2: very good movie. Good. Now let's talk about What Wolf is doing, because Wolf tears through this fucking house. He bursts in, decapitates one of the kids in the kitchen.
0: I love how he swings on the chandelier (laughs) and brings it down. And he meets
2: uh, his old buddy, Heck Bast, Mm -hmm. who has his arm in a cast, and Wolf stalks him down and... Claws his back to the point his spinal cord is showing.
1: It fucking
2: rules. It is so
0: satisfying. Some of the
1: (laughs) shit that Wolf does is so fucking brutal. He disembowels a dude with his teeth. Yeah. It's
2: fucking (laughs) awesome. Crazy.
1: The human jaw is not supposed to be able to do that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) One of the kids panics and calls Officer Williams, who's the guy who arrested them and brought Mm. them here. So now the police are going to be on their way and one of the kids has his headset on in Gardner's office and can hear just screams and panic from upstairs and is trying to get their attention to say something's happening people. Something's going on.
0: They do not give a shit, at least not yet. Yeah. I, oh, I didn't realize that Jack and Wolf had like a telepathic connection until right here because they're talking to each other and Jack is telling him where he's at and trying to warn him and because that, well, see, like, uh,
2: that's why I assumed this when Jack said he could hear him screaming wherever mm-hmm. oh, I, that it that's was, why I thought it was purely like a yeah. psychic connection so when this started I was like yeah that makes sense that they can sense each other mm-hmm. especially in this this transformed state wolf is more territories than not and so those abilities are, are heightened but yeah he calls out to Jack to say where are you. And he says he's in the basement, and this is the line of dialogue mm-hmm. as Wolf is making his way downstairs. He went down the stairs on all fours, silent as oiled smoke, eyes as red as brake lights. <laughs> and I was like, "Holy shit! I forgot how that." Ma- yeah, that that's is cool. Because uh, I just I have I have that ethereal wolfly mm-hmm. image that has just <laughs> lived in my head of him going down the stairwell and completely forgot where it was from
0: that's Hmm. why people should reread books
2: absolutely uh gardner loses it after he hears that police cars are on their way
0: this is i i did enjoy this part because he's like okay kids uh okay take my gun i'm gonna go get the car (laughs) and i'll totally honk when you it's safe for you to come out and get in the car and they're like, oh, what about so-and-so? He's like, oh, yeah, sure, that guy can come, too. No big deal. Uh, f- you know, wait wait for my honk. And Jack's like, you idiots.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and they, he manages to talk them into letting him out of the straitjacket. Because, I mean, look how bad it's going to look when the cops get here, guys. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah,
0: you got to hide the straitjackets. Yeah. And they do.
2: And the second he's free, Wolf bursts through the window from the mm-hmm. chapel studio into this area. And... Just starts slaughtering. Oh,
0: you guys.
2: And yeah. And then good old Sonny, his right arm has Sunlight's gun, decides he's going to shoot Jack and end all this, pulls the trigger and Wolf puts his body in between the bullets and Jack.
0: I have to say I was impressed that he focused on Jack, um, but very sad that Wolf jumped in the way and I Ben, you, you made a comment last episode about wishing we had more time with this character. And oh, I didn't no, remember. I didn't remember
1: this at all. Oh,
0: because when I read that, I was like, oh, Ben knew he was going to die here. No,
1: <laughs> I did not remember. Because when I think about this book, I think you said it last episode, like Wolf is kind of the heart of the story. Yes, he is. And he is not there for long.
0: No, you know who's not the fucking heart? At least not through the part we get through. Richard. (laughs) Anyway, we'll get there. Yeah,
1: we lose Wolf and get the biggest wiener in the world. (laughs) Fucking. But Wolf doesn't go
2: down just then. Sunny keeps shooting him. Wolf rips off Sunny's arm Mm -hmm. uh, and kills him. And I just, I love the moment he dry pulls the gun and Wolf's Mm -hmm. still standing. So, such a a death that that character deserved.
0: In Jack Brain's... Is it the other guy with the with a clock? The clock. <laughs> yeah. It's so sad when I when Wolf it's so sad when Wolf finally goes because he's Jack's like, I'm we're we're gonna get you to the hospital, I'm we're gonna take care of this, you're gonna be all right. And he's like, I don't want to be trapped here. And he knows he's dying. And mm. so he kind of he's letting go and he starts to fade and he fades back into the territories, presumably.
2: And the last thing he says is I kept my herd safe.
0: And he says he tells Jack, he's like, "I love you, Jackie." Yeah, and it's he did keep his herd safe. Yeah,
1: absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, And Jack goes on, he he escapes um, before the cops come, and he's like worried, thinking, you know, he's not gonna get two miles before getting picked up, but he he makes it away. But he he has this newfound feeling of like he wolf died specifically for me Mm -hmm. this is a direct result of my actions i am responsible for this death Mm -hmm. and it is you'd sense his heartbreak so much
0: he takes it hard and he's he's now continuing to hitch to try to get to richard and meets what almost is a nice guy who notices that he's not in a good way and it's getting cold out. And so the guy's like, Hey, you can have my coat. My kids got me another one. I don't even need this. It'll keep you warm. And has like a slip-up where he's trying to tell him, Hey, it's gonna protect your skin against the cold. And he almost says, Beautiful skin. Yeah,
1: yeah. And the guy you, you never want to comment no, on a stranger's no, skin. Not a
0: little boy's. No, either.
1: definitely not.
0: And the guy is like freaked out by his own actions and so he was going to take Jack much further and he's like actually there's a rest stop up here I'll buy you a meal and then you know I'm gonna I'm gonna go you'll be good I wouldn't leave you here if you wouldn't be able to find a ride out and then like can't even bring himself to go inside with him he's like handing him money over the roof of the car he's like here you go take it it's just freaking sad yeah like there's no brakes for nope. Jack, or anyone he involves in this, which is baffling that he continues to want to involve anyone else.
1: Yeah, that that's that feeling, because he has a nightmare th- about, about Richard, Wolf yeah. and Wolf dying in this wasteland, and then when he gets to him, it is Richard lying mm-hmm. there dying, and he's literally like a day away from Richard. <laughs> and yeah, it makes you want to go, maybe you should not do not. that.
0: <laughs> yeah. maybe you should get on a bus
2: <laughs> I do like that at the diner though we get the we get to hear the fallout from the gardener yeah. home that everything's been exposed the judge and the cop have been arrested mm-hmm. it was nice thank you for wrapping up that story so that we could have some peace
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah after you broke my heart I yeah. guess thank you. <laughs>
2: So Jack eventually makes it to Thayer and sneaks around, (laughs) finds Richard's room, knocking on the outside of the window. And Richard is everything I thought he would be. (laughs) How did you guys feel about the intro? How Richard is presented or like to describe Richard?
0: He, well, his dad first described him as being obsessed with chemistry. Yeah, something something. like that. Just a very um, kind of a black and white thinker, very scientific and wants to see the evidence everything is kind of like that sounds like a pretty cool character actually Mm. I think I think that's really interesting poor kid is way more dull than that (laughs) he but we find out why in a little bit he's he's been through something that has shaped how he feels about anything that does not make sense
1: yeah I, I think he's kind of a great foil to Jack because Jack is so um adventurous yeah. and like from the beginning of the book accepted all of this crazy shit happening to him with very little like, doubt. doubt Yeah. and Richard's entire being is about order Yeah. prove and, it to
0: me or it doesn't exist
1: yeah he he says that after uh making Richard read uh Lord of the Flies Richard told him, well, it wasn't very good, but there's no such thing as a good made-up story, right? That's insane. Which is (laughs) the craziest thing anyone has ever said. Uh, But really, like, gets to the bottom of what Richard's
0: deal is. Pretty quickly, yeah. Yeah.
1: uh, When Jack tells him what he's been through.
0: He just tells him straight up. He's like, there's a werewolf, werewolf and I gotta save the queen, who's also my mom, it's like, Okay, Jack, you're just ripping the band-aid except, right off,
2: except for anything to do with Richard's dad. He knows that he mm. cannot say a word Probably a
0: about Sloane,
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, and Richard calls it Seabrook Island stuff, which was references a moment they took a family vacation, and he realized that Richard wasn't having anything that wasn't scientific mm-hmm. and uh, provable anymore. Richard
0: was afraid of imagination.
2: The uh, He says, if you want magic, you completely wreck everything I believe in. Which is a strong sentence for a nine-year-old
0: to say at Aunt, that time. 12. Oh, yeah, that was bad. Yeah,
2: that was the Seabrook Island. Which
0: is heartbreaking, too, because then Jack wrecks everything Richard believes in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, they said he was going to. Oh, and weird the kid in the dorm next door is Gardner's son yeah what the
1: fuck i, I love that when he finds that out because jack just like wanders by the room and see that that sees that there's like luggage out and he's like hey what's going on there and he's like oh this this kid is the son of the guy that ran the place that you say that you've been trapped and instantly jack says something along the lines of Thayer immediately took on a feeling of menace that mm-hmm. Richard could never understand, and it, it it makes you instantly on edge. Like, oh, if if Gardner is linked to this place, mm-hmm.
0: you know, it's a, m- it's another post.
1: Well, he says that he that kid transferred
2: there recently. Mm-hmm. So my question is: Are we talking recently? As in, once Jack started the journey? He was sent there because Morgan had a feeling eventually he'd come to Richard.
0: Oh, like a like he was planted? Yeah. To spy? That's cool. I didn't think about that. Let's say yes.
2: Because I, I feel like so much of Thayer is, it is a safe place for Sloat to have his son, because it is manned by so many of his people it's mm-hmm. an area so under his control
1: and so rich in magic mm-hmm. we find out because a lot of crazy stuff is about to happen yes but but also Jack and later Morgan when they flip here, it is extremely easy because like mm-hmm. the wall between the worlds is very thin here.
0: This also shows the bigger picture, you know, what Morgan has been talking about since he knew about the territories, because Mm -hmm. he finds these places of power in these two worlds, and he capitalizes on that by creating these places and kind of having this control over these areas that are really rich in magic.
2: After a while, Jack steps out into the hall and notices that suddenly 30 boys have just disappeared. The, there's no one there but them. And connecting that to the, the power, the magic of this place, it really, did it feel to you guys like Morgan somehow managed to pull that place not into the territories, but in like a weird purgatory in between, like made it adjacent?
1: Kinda. That's, I guess the only kind of the way I figured because yeah, it is not, they are not, in the territories, but they're obviously not in
2: the real
0: world. Bugs are coming through the walls. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, and there's uh, a little bit later, glass is smashed, and when Sloat shows up later, he sees the broken glass. So obviously things they did had an effect in the real world, but nobody else has noticed a single thing because they were sent here alone.
1: And also, uh, here's the other argument for it being a kind of weird in-between is because uh once this happens and they they kind of realize Richard looks out the window and sees these guys down on the quad or whatever uh smoking and he gets really mad because they're like they're smoking right out in the open. You can't do that. I'm a wiener.
0: It's um, <laughs> <That's> very rule-based. <laughs> yeah.
1: And when they turn around and look up, it is this kid Etheridge But his face is like half of it is frozen in this like rictus Uh. grimace, and Jack thinks, "Oh, it's Etheridge's twinner." That doesn't make any fucking sense. The twinner can't come; they wouldn't look like the twinner when they crossed into the real world. Mm -hmm. They would look just like Etheridge. But whatever, yeah, that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, that weird in-between place. And I just, Richard cannot fathom what he's seeing because the Etheridge thing yeah. opens its mouth and its tongue lulls out of its mouth.
0: He doesn't fathom. He's like, <laughs> I have a fever. I'm yeah. ill and hallucinating.
2: <laughs> that is... It was alarmingly fun.
1: <laughs> I I love this reaction because to me it feels like the most real reaction oh, to yeah. possible circumstances. It also
0: reminds me of how Jack treated Wolf in a way initially. He was a little bit cruel to him in the way Richard, like now Jack is the, you know, this person that this other guy's reacting to. Like, mm. why did you come here? You should have just left. You should have never bothered me. And then as soon as he says that, like Jack can see he means it, but then he sees him feel guilty Mm -hmm. and take it back.
2: What is your guys' interpretation of what they keep shouting at Richard, which is send out your passenger slope?
0: Not
1: a clue, just a cool thing to yell.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That does sound like a cool thing to just yell.
0: I guess I looked at Richard as Jack's passenger.
1: Yeah, we've- up to this point, it's been Jack is the traveler, and so mm-hmm. having that switch of being like, wait, Jack, it, it makes it sound like now Jack is traveling with Richard yeah. instead of the other way around. It just seems super weird.
2: I'm, my gut instinct says that whatever these creatures actually are are being given orders. That they cannot, because they don't go in mm-hmm. to get Jack. Jack and Richard yeah. actually barricade. Well, so that's
0: Morgan's son. Like, yeah. Don't touch him.
2: So that's what I'm wondering is if that's, they're given orders to make Richard separate from Jack so they can get him. Mm-hmm. Because if anybody, if he even got a scratch on Richard. They'd be dead. Yeah, they'd find yeah. themselves in the pit. <laughs> that <laughs> that makes sense, thing. yeah. But it's just the phrase, the phrase is so specific. It's a cool
0: phrase. Yeah. I'm going to try to use
1: it. <laughs> so every every time you go to a drive-thru. <laughs> Send out your passenger McDonald's. you mean My your nuggets. cheeseburger? What are you talking about? Things start to
2: get more violent. They're throwing rocks and everything through the windows. Uh, Richard's convinced, must be Colombians. It was the only natural response. It's the drug war in Springfield, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the moment that Jack... Steps up to the window, and he orders them to stand down in the name of the queen.
1: Fucking A.
0: Embrace it, Jack.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, He's
0: been so powerless, so much of this book for us.
1: Yeah, and and the fact that just that declaration, they act like they've been slapped in the face. That's so powerful. I love that.
0: (laughs) This scene reminds me of Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Have you guys seen it? I have not. Oh, i listeners. I hope some of you have because you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Watch it, you two. <laughs> I, I will,
1: I, I'm still mad. I just found out Tales from the Crypt isn't on HBO Max and it drives me crazy. I want to watch Tales <laughs> from the Crypt so much. At this point, we
2: get the reveal of why Richard is the way that he is. Sam, you alluded to it earlier. Do you want to tell the story?
0: Yeah, Richard, much like Jack, had witnessed his father disappear in a strange place that doesn't make any sense. And it was a closet in their home or a wardrobe. Mm. And so Richard op- opens it up thinking, Narnia, right? Is he like, <laughs> yeah. How old was he? I forget. Uh, like six. Yeah, he was really young. And that's not what he finds. He finds, I don't even know how to is- describe it, a place kind of like the pit. Disgusting gross, dirty place. There are worms and bugs just crawling all over the earth in a really disgusting way.
2: It's just rotten.
0: Yes. And there's something there with him. And he's he's screaming and freaking out and he's trying to get back the way he came and there's something after him and these tentacles are, are reaching out and grabbing him. And he makes it back into his world and his dad comes in the house, not out of the closet he comes in a different way than where Richard had seen him leave and it's really heartbreaking when he's like hey are you okay how Richard responds to this because it it defines the rest of his character he doesn't tell his dad what happened or or even like a little kid might think I had a nightmare or Mm -hmm. there's a monster in the closet a little kid would say that and he's just like oh no everything's fine now I just uh, I think I'm not feeling well I need an aspirin yeah, kind of what he's doing now with that. I must have a fever.
2: Yeah, and he and he hugs his dad and Morgan. It, it's so weird to see a character like Morgan be a dad. Care about anything? Yeah,
0: like, yeah.
2: But we do know if he cares about one thing.
0: Uh, it's, well,
2: it's his legacy. Yes, we
0: learned. <laughs> we learned earlier. We didn't, I don't think we talked about it. He loves his legacy, which yes. is technically his son.
2: Uh, but this is my favorite phrase of Richards in reference to Richard he has had enough forever <laughs> and that is repeated so many times and i find it it's the best way to describe richard's character
1: <laughs> it's so frustrating you can i f- uh, at yeah. least me i no, was right was. there with jack because the point where like he takes several naps cuz he's just like i can't <laughs> which relatable um <laughs> And at some point, it quiets down, so he's like, oh, I can wake up without risking being insane. And he looks out a window and sees these wild dogs that are mm. running everywhere, and these people that are advancing on the building. And he responds by taking his glasses off, dropping them on the ground, and stepping on them. And yeah. being like, well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I can't it's, see anything.
2: It's Weird. so
3: deliberate.
2: I love it so much. And he's like, "Ah, oh, broke these. Yeah. Also, <laughs> broke my back at parent PE. A few weeks ago, (laughs) I can't see anything. And Jack's like, I remember you being able to see pretty okay. (laughs) But Jack politely plays along, especially when fungus starts growing
0: on the wall. This is so gross.
2: It's just very
0: unsettling what's happening to this school.
1: It's super Silent Hill. This (gasps) whole segment. That's what this whole segment is. That just hit me. <laughs> what this little sidestep is is they sidestepped into Silent Hill.
3: Yep, that's <laughs> awesome.
2: That is very accurate. Yeah. Uh, so these the fungus starts growing. These bad these maggot bugs start pouring <gasps> out, and they're uh, they're done. Mm-hmm. All right, they get Richard on the move and start looking for exits. And that's when Jack notices the depot. And thankfully, Richard fucking loves his school like the giant nerd that he is. <laughs> And recites basically the history of everything on this campus and says that this guy, Andrew Thayer, saw the potential in transporting things, not just East, like what was happening, but also transporting things West. And that phrase keeps clicking through Jack's head. Mm-hmm. The the idea of it being a, a major railhead and that it goes West. He's like, this has to mean something so they make the plan. They're going to mad dash to the depot. If it's unlocked, they'll get in and they'll barricade themselves in there, try to figure out the next step. If it's locked, they're just going to flip there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: However, Jack is smart and doesn't tell Richard this. <laughs> Tells Richard the plan is to get to that building, then get off the property. Yeah. But I do love that he says, if we get off the property, I bet a quarter mile of away, way you'll look back and you'll see the school exactly like you remember it. And he's like, "Oh, that'd be nice." <laughs> <laughs> Poor Richard. <laughs> so they climb out a window. They make the run. As they're making the run, more wear prefects start chasing them, mm-hmm. and Jack has no choice but to flip with Richard. And so that's that is where we're going to leave Jack for the rest of this section because now we get to hang out with Morgan some more. Right. Who's who's excited? Mm-hmm.
0: Although I learned a lot. Yeah. Here that I didn't remember, had guessed wrong. Previously, so that was interesting.
2: Of the, because there's this is just a kind of a big info dump. Mm-hmm. What was the, the most interesting thing you learned about Morgan in this section? Because there's a lot of cool stuff.
0: What I found really fascinating, because he's, we we come with him and he's like explaining he got the call, he's on his way to the school, and you know, he has a plan and everything.
2: And Oris is also on his way to Thayer, so they can both be there this time.
0: Yes. Yeah, that is described a, a little more clearly, so we understand why Morgan and Orris haven't been able to keep track of Jack quite as well as you might expect them to be able to. And we found out, though, that Richard had a twinner, mm-hmm. and that twinner also died, but Richard did not. So Richard is like Jack.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's which pretty s- fucking surprised
0: cool. the hell out of me. Yes. I did not remember or anticipate that.
1: Ben, do you have anything that, anything that jumped out at you that you were super excited to learn? The one thing, it's its a really small thing, but it says a lot about Morgan's character. And also, it's just a cool piece of world building mm-hmm. that makes me go, oh, oh, shit. And that's when he shows up at Thayer, he immediately does some coke.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: which is an amazing, just shows you what mm-hmm. kind of person Slow is. But also, this throwaway line of he wonders... I wonder if this stuff would grow over
3: there. Yeah. So I wonder if it
1: would be more potent. I bet it'd be insanely I potent. Bet. And that is like kind of a scary thought of bringing this substance that could do untold damage mm-hmm. to the communities of, you know. Uh,
0: oh, kind of like the, we've already done here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we know how that looks. I thought it was cool too we find out, because we were trying to figure out what happens to the twinner? Like, are there two people now? We find out that when when your twinner is alive, you kind of inhabit their body. Mm. like It's like a possession almost. And there's a cool throwaway line too about him speculating people who like maybe are schizophrenic or possessed or something, their twinner has flipped into their body. They don't know what's going on and they think they're crazy and they can't deal with it and they break. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was very cool. But it also explains... Some interesting things about, you know, Richard or I'm sorry, Morgan and Phil would flip into the territories. Like, where did they end up? Did they have to find each other? Yeah. But it makes sense. Like when Jack is going to take Richard with him. Good thing Richard's twinner is dead because he would not be with him when he flipped.
1: Right. It's <laughs> such
2: a small, important piece.
0: I, <laughs> I hadn't even thought of like, that. Oh, it's a good. Yeah.
2: That would have been hilarious. (laughs) Jack flips and then Richard's just gone and we get just a throwaway sentence that (laughs) Richard's turner's like on the beach somewhere. (laughs) Way far away in a peaceful place and it's fine. Yeah, I I love that feeling of possession, communicating Mm. like your left and right brain do, but you're hearing both of them.
0: And you have kind of different skills and bring different things to this situation.
2: (laughs) For me, the most interesting thing was that we reveal that Sloat has planned all of the murders that have taken place with, mm-hmm. you know, uh, his Uncle Tommy, killing Phil, mm-hmm. killing the the children. But it is Oris who always does the yes.
3: killing. Oris
2: is the person who was in control smothering Jack in his crib yep. uh, in that apartment because Sloat doesn't have the, the stomach for it. Ugh. And so Oris is the person who is the harder evil of the two.
0: I was sad when we found out how his son died. He, he was an infant, and he went into the water and got far enough out that he started to drown. And Oris went in after him, him and his wife and mm. child were on the beach. But he has a club foot, and so he couldn't get to him fast enough to save him. And Richard almost drowned at, at or about the same time, but Morgan knew CPR, so he was able to... Reviving. It
2: wasn't even Morgan, it was a lifeguard. Oh, that's Morgan right, yeah. wasn't even there. <laughs> Morgan wouldn't try to save his... I do, oh, God, that's the throwaway line where he says, like, at this point, if my kid dies, uh, Oris got over his kid dying, I can do the yeah, same. I'm like, fucking A, man.
0: Really cold.
2: But here's where we leave things off, that he knows they've gone into the Blasted Lands, and the way we are given a hint at what the Blasted Lands are going to be like is Morgan saying... They are bound for a radioactive version of Oatly.
0: Ugh.
2: All right.
0: Great. I already <laughs> didn't think it had been very bad.
2: So much, uh, so much to look forward to in this last part of the book, guys. I am hyped.
0: That is it for this episode of Dairy Public Radio. As always, thank you for listening. Join us for our next episode where we will be finishing The Talisman. For Joshua Kahn and Benjamin Graham, I'm CM Alexander reminding you. You will not harm the herd. Hey everyone, C.M. Alexander here. Thank you for listening to The Talisman Part 2. We hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you think of the book so far on our Facebook and Instagram at Dairy Public Radio or Twitter at Dairy Public. And you can always send us an email at dairypublicradio at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out our Etsy store etsy.com slash and our patreon page for bonus episodes and additional perks this coming month we are releasing an episode with dollar baby director ian clink where we talk all about the short story and the film sometimes they come back that's all for now listeners goodbye